one thing I talk about a lot with, with people when, when they talk about getting started in the fitness industry or how I got started in the fitness industry, one thing I bring up is that for a long time, I didn't believe I deserved to have a job that was fun and that paid me well. And that kept me broke and stuck for a long time. And so what would happen is even though I had, you know, a successful business in terms of I gained new clients, I charged the right amount of prices, I had some spread in terms of my profit, I always found ways to basically not bring that profit home to myself because I literally didn't feel like I deserved it. And so this was a limiting belief. I felt like I was cheating the system because I got to do something so fun every day. And because the social conditioning that had been put on me, I didn't feel like I deserved to do something that was both fun and well-paid. And so my unconscious mind made me like struggle made me make sure that I was always broke. And it was like, I didn't want this. You know what I mean? And, and ultimately it turned something really fun into something really stressful. And I want to talk you through that because this is an example of what's called binary thinking, or it's a, it's a it's a logical fallacy. And I've talked about binary thinking before and the different ways that it shows up in our lives and ultimately holds us back. And binary thinking just means that in any given context, you're thinking something is either or, like it's black and white. And that leaves very little room for nuance in life. You know, in life, there is a lot of nuance in life. And if you don't allow room for things to be gray instead of black and white, what you're doing is you're stifling your creativity and you are essentially putting a governor or a a ceiling on yourself and what you're able to accomplish. And so a lot of people stay stuck in this dichotomy when it comes to work, because maybe you're on a path right now where you feel like, hey, it's secure and it pays well. But ultimately, it's not fulfilling. Maybe you feel unseen because you just feel like, oh, I'm just another random person doing the rat race. And you ultimately, you start regretting every day that you spend on the path that you're on because you know, like, I can't get that day back. You feel called maybe to do something else, but you feel secure where you are. And it's this tug of war. And ultimately, it's leading you to regret the way that you're spending your time. And so, you know, that's, that's not really a great way to feel like it's not really a great way to go through life, you know, because you're like, man, I see this other path that I want to be on, but I feel like there's no way to make a living doing that thing. You know what I mean? Um, maybe I'm already accustomed to my current lifestyle and I have too much overhead to make a big jump into a new career and do something that's fun. And so doing something fun or doing something fulfilling, it feels more like a daydream than something that you could actually make happen. And so Before we get too far into the weeds, I just want to say, I don't necessarily make blanket recommendations for people to just go quit their jobs and do something they love. You know what I mean? Um, Because there's, again, there's nuance in life. There's not like, oh, just because I'm I'm an accountant and I don't, you know, and I'm passionate about fitness doesn't mean I shouldn't be an accountant. You need to get clear on what you want first. And sometimes I might have this internal tug of war where I feel like, oh, I'm being called on this path, but this path that I'm on is secure and pays well. Dude, if you can just look at what you truly want in life, what you truly value in life, you might realize that your current post is providing you with everything you want. And so you don't even have to change paths. You just change the perspective you have in your head. You change the way you see your everyday life. And with this new mindset, you no longer feel that tug of war because you're at peace with your decisions. Okay. So I just want to say that first and foremost, I don't, I don't think that life is either or. I don't think you, everybody has to do, you know, their hobby for a living or, you know what I mean? Like, I think there's, there's plenty of ways to skin a cat and have a happy, fulfilling life. But for those who absolutely feel called to a different path and you are 
you know, absolutely bought into the belief that changing paths is the one way, the only way to get yourself into alignment. This is for you. Okay. Um, this is for those people who are like, I know I need to change paths. I am, I am in a place right now that is potentially secure or it's potentially just a path that I fell into and I need to be doing something else and I'm not sure how to make the leap. So I'm going to share with you not only the framework, uh, for which, for which you can do that, that I would use, but then I'm going to interweave examples from my own journey about how I made the switch, you know, freaking, uh, 13, 14 years ago now that ultimately led me to, you know, a successful, a well-paid and a fulfilling job in the, in the fitness career. So you can absolutely do that. And if you are looking at switching careers and changing paths, there's really three main ways you can do that. You can be an employee, you can be an entrepreneur and you can be an intrapreneur. And I'm going to dive into each one of those and go from there. So, um, for starters, if I'm like, Hey, I'm, I'm an accountant and I want to be a personal trainer (laughs) or in my case, I'm a salesperson and I want to be a personal trainer. Step number one, or like the easiest way to do that is just to go get a job in the industry. You know, just go, just go get a job in the fitness industry. And this is the highest level of safety, you know, because you collect a paycheck, even if you have no skills in the field, you can get an entry level position that doesn't require uh, any experience, doesn't require any specific skills. And, um, you know, like you can get a job and you can get paid. And so the downside is you're, you're now subject to fair market wages. Okay. So if you were an investment baker and you want to be a personal trainer, the salary doesn't exactly transfer. Like there's a lot of competition in the fitness industry. There's a low barrier to entry. Therefore you're going to get paid what you're going to get paid, right? It's fair market salary. And you're just not going to collect the same thing that you would, um, coming from, you know, big tech to fitness. Like it's not going to work. Right. But if you're brand new to the industry, you likely don't have any relevant skill. You don't have a track record of success. You're just like, you're going to start at the bottom. And I think it's okay to accept that. Um, so in my case, that's exactly where I was. Uh, my options were limited as an employee. And so the pay was garbage, but I did it for the experience. I worked the front desk. Um, I fucking clean gyms. Um, I did group classes, which is definitely not something I love doing, but you know, I did it just to get into the industry and gain, start gaining experience to see what the path was like. And I will say that's, I was blessed at the time. Um, to, I didn't have a ton of financial pressure in my life. I wasn't married. I didn't have kids. Um, I had a $600 a month apartment, which ultimately I gave up to go live in my mom's basement to create even less financial pressure for myself. And because of that, I got to somewhat enjoy these days. My pay was shit, but I was just appreciative to be in an environment and on a path that I enjoyed. And what I was able to do is I leveraged the time and the lack of pressure at this point to further my education. And so one of the jobs I had was I worked for this company that they had several gyms like in corporate headquarters around Chicagoland. And so like, you know, a couple days a week I was at UBS tower in Chicago you know, at the ass crack of dawn at like 3.30 a.m. And I would work the front desk and I would train a couple of people over the course of about eight or 10 hours. And then I would be done for the day at 12, one, two, depending on the day. And then I would head upstairs to the cafeteria, beautiful, like panoramic views of the city and the lake. And I would sit up there and I would study my, my textbook from the National Strength and Conditioning Association to get the certification that I ultimately wanted. And looking back, like, yeah, dude, those were long days. And, and again, the pay was shit. But man, I was, my, my growth in my learning and my education was very, very rapid at that point. And so what I was doing 
um, which I think a lot of people probably would do is I was using this time as an employee, as a stepping stone. You know what I mean? I had a bigger vision in my head because there was other people who I followed, you know, on social media or I was on the email list who they had businesses in the fitness industry and they created products and they did workshops and they were a whole, they were a big deal, let's call it. And I knew I wanted to be that. And so, but I had to start somewhere and you know, a lot of people think you're crazy when you, when you go to do this. I remember in my last sales job, you know, we had a group of us, four or five young people. We were all 25, 26 years old who, you know, we'd go down to the cafeteria in the middle of the day and fucking bitch about our job, right? <laughs> we'd either bitch about our job or we would talk about the next jobs we were going to have because this current one, you know, wasn't the path. And one day everybody was talking about the things they were going to do once they got out of, you know, media sales. And I was like, dude, I'm, I didn't know what else to call it. So I'm like, I'm going to be a personal trainer. And like this girl, like, literally laughed at me, (laughs) which actually is completely fair. Because if you look at it from a normal person's perspective, you're like, dude, Paul, you're 25, 26 years old. Like no one's going to want to marry you as a personal trainer. Like you're not going to be able to provide for a family as a personal trainer. Like, like, if you just think like, oh, I'm going to go and I'm going to work in a gym, right? If that's the perception. So she couldn't see outside the box of just being an employee. So she was legitimately concerned for me. But the thing is, I had a bigger picture in my head. And in this specific case that I'm telling you about where I was an employee for that company, I took shit pay and starting at a bottom as a means to an end, right? So this was the opening gambit in a much bigger and longer sequence, you know? And so there's something to be said for considering the source of advice. Like people may think you're fucking nuts or laugh at you or give you stupid advice when you're making big shifts for yourself, when you're following your own calling, but if they can't see the path, if they're not an entrepreneur themselves, if they haven't made any big moves in their lives themselves, I would be very careful about letting their visions creep into yours, right? So again, I was using this as an opening gambit in a much bigger sequence. And so you think about like gambit in the chest, it's like, it's a play where you sacrifice one little piece, you know, in order to get an advantage later. And so at this time in my life, I didn't have anything to sacrifice to invest. I didn't have any money or assets I could invest into creating a business, but I did have time. So I traded my time for low pay. And in return, I actually got a bunch of experience that was, you can't even put a price tag on, right? So that's, that's it. And, and what I did is I leveraged that to ultimately become an entrepreneur, you know, which honestly, dude, I use that term lightly or not even lightly, but just, I I never saw myself as an entrepreneur. Certainly at that time, I just knew I didn't want to fucking work for somebody else. And I knew I had a very clear vision for what I wanted to do in the fitness industry. So I was like, dude, I'm going to use this time as a stepping stone. This is my opening sequence. And now I'm going to go do my own thing. And so that's the, the second way that you can go. If you want to transition to a different path, you can be an employee and go and work for somebody else, or you can be an entrepreneur. Now being an entrepreneur, it's the highest risk and highest pressure thing that you, that you can do in any industry. You assume all the risk, all the financial li- liability, and you assume all the pressure. Okay. And worst of all, <laughs> worst of all, there is a gap between when you put out and when you get back. Okay. So even, even as I started my business and I started getting clients and creating money, there's still a gap before there was really when there's a gap of years of putting out my own money and sacrificing my own time and just busting my ass until there was started being windfalls. 
And most people can't handle that gap. And that's why most people aren't entrepreneurs, right? Most people are conditioned for instant gratification. And if you don't have a vision that you're building towards, there's no, there's no way for you to sit in that tension. There's no way for you to sit in that gap between an inst- between action and instant reward for you to wait on those windfalls. And that's why most people never make it as an entrepreneur. The risk and the pressure plus the delayed gratification, it's too much. Now, here's the thing about being an entrepreneur. There is a high earning potential. Some might say unlimited, but I would say high. And that earning potential comes, though, when you have proficiency in several skills. So now you're looking at, dude, it's not just the technical skills of being the best personal trainer. But now I need to open a gym and a training studio, and I need to learn how to communicate to people. I need to learn how to be influential in my community to bring people into my gym. I need to learn how to be a leader to my staff. These are skills that each one of these skills individually take time to acquire. And so, you know, when you you have all these skills, you have a high earning potential. But in the meantime, you're just fucking learning. And it can take a lot of time. You know, I'm not going to say it's different for everybody. It's different for everybody. And if it's like you're later in the game, you've already had a successful career. You might already understand how to communicate and be successful. And now you just need a technical piece or something like there's a, there's a lot of different ways to do it, but that is how you get the high earning potential as an entrepreneur. If you can sit with the risk, if you can sit with the pressure, and if you can sit with the gap between when you invest your time, money, energy, and effort in the time, and you, know, and you can sit with the time it takes to get a return on that, you're cut out for this. But most people are not, if I'm being fucking real with you. And that's not to like pat myself on the back uh, and say, oh, I'm an entrepreneur, so like I'm better than you. Absolutely not. It just means I'm fucking dumber than you because, <laughs> because I'm willing to, I was willing to do all these things because I'm just so stubborn. I knew that I could never accept anybody else's path or leadership, which, you know, take that for what it is. There's a third way to do it. And this is, this is where I'm currently really encouraging people who come into my company to sit, and that's being an intrapreneur. And so what this means is you're working in somebody else's company under somebody, um, under somebody else's umbrella with an entrepreneurial spirit. So you don't have to build all the bullshit. You don't have to deal with all of it, right? Like I just paid a couple of thousand dollars for, to file, quote unquote, file my annual report in, in various states and with the federal government and have lawyers do that shit for me. And it's like, that's just to exist. I get nothing back from that. That's just literally to exist as a legal entity, as a company that like, it's just little bullshit. It takes time. I have to think about it. I have to send it off to somebody. I have to pay for it. Like you just don't have to do that. If you go under somebody else's umbrella. And the other beautiful thing about being an entrepreneur is that you can now leverage other people's mastery. Okay. You can leverage other people's mastery. And so in my instance here, like I've got the technical mastery of fitness. Like I have the programs down I have my curriculum. So people who come into my world, they don't have to master those things. They can master whatever skill set that they are. My operations manager doesn't have to be, you know, uh, doesn't have to know or be a master of personal training, right? Like these, this is important. The, the person who markets for me, they have the skill of marketing. They don't have to be a masterful nutritionist, right? And so what's cool is so they're leveraging our mastery to highlight their own and they can be rewarded for that. And a great example of being an entrepreneur as well as a personal trainer is um, like really when you go and you work at a big box gym. So in Burr Ridge, Illinois, or I'm sure many people around the country have heard of like a lifetime fitness. It is a big it's a big brand. It's a, it's a big and, you know, higher end gym and personal trainers there, they get paid 
essentially on just what they train, right? Like you don't get a salary necessarily. And a good friend of mine does that very, very well. Now he's not a, he's not necessarily a master of marketing. He doesn't understand the the core functions of a business per se, but he's a masterful trainer and he's highly influential. So put him in an environment under somebody else's umbrella, lifetime fitness in this case, where there's all sorts of people on this gym floor who look to him and, and see his influence. Now he's able to sell them on his training. It's like his business is within another business. And that's super important. Also worth noting though, as an entrepreneur, there's still risk, but it's, it's like a moderator risk. So in the case of my friend I was just talking about, the risk he might take, he spends a lot of money on his education right? Like he's going out, he's taking money out of his own pocket, a lot of it, and putting it towards courses and mentorships and apprenticeships to become a better trainer. So there is that risk and there is a gap between, you know, spending that money and when it comes back to you. But it's, again, it's a risk you take that the return compounds over years. Like, yeah, it sucks to be putting a couple ten, fifteen thousand dollars $15,000 out of my pocket every single year that the company's not paying for and there's no like tangible return. But over time, I get to be better and better and better and better and more influential and my rates go up and I become more in demand because I get better results. And that's the moderate risk that an entrepreneur is going to take. Like they are going to invest in their own growth because they are treating themselves as an asset, as an asset, which is what an entrepreneur does. And so... If we look at like the three different paths we just laid out, employee, entrepreneur, entrepreneur, the underlying theme is risk. You know what I mean? So those, those are varying levels of risk you can take. And there's, of course, you know, various levels of reward. And so you just got to remember that there's always risk in pursuing what you want. But that risk comes in different levels based on how you step into it. So the key to doing this is, is always the key, the key to making this switch, to getting on the path to what you want, as always, it's start with what you want. Like, what do you really, truly want? Not just from an outcome, like I want a bunch of money and I want freedom, which is great, but what does that freedom actually look like to you? How are you spending your days? How much pressure and risk are you willing to sit with? How much mastery are you willing to pursue, right? And now, when you know, when you're super, super clear on what you want, then you can make a plan to get there. And when you do so, when you make that plan, you can go about executing it, making quick decisions, and doing so without second-guessing yourself, right? And doing so without second-guessing yourself. And that's the key, man, because whenever you're taking risk, whenever you're going into the unknown, there's a chance of looking dumb. There's a chance of being wrong in somebody else's eyes. But if you've clearly defined what you want and what is right or wrong in your eyes and what the purpose is of each step, if you could define that and what's meaningful to you in your own eyes, that risk of looking dumb in other people's eyes goes away. And now you can move forward and never second guess yourself. And that's the alignment you have to be in before you step out. So that's, um, that's, that's it in a nutshell, man. Like you, <laughs> So many people are sitting here and like, if you're listening to me, you're like, you're probably around middle age. You're probably doing well in your career and you're probably being called to something else. Like it takes a while in life to really get clear on like what's super meaningful for you. And sometimes by the time you have that clarity, you do have the golden handcuffs of like, well, I'm over here. Like I want to do this thing, but I'm over here doing this one that pays me really well and provides a shitload of security for myself and my family. So there's, there's risk in taking the jump, right? And it's going to look a little bit different for every single person, but hopefully by, by outlaying these three pieces right here, um, 
you've got some clarity on what that risk might look like. And you can look at how I navigated the path and you can, you know, extrapolate and learn some lessons for yourself and, um, you know, start moving towards what you want. So if you found this helpful, you know, do me a solid, uh, post it up on your stories and tag me, Paul.Lingzio. Appreciate that. Um, and dude, just hit that share button, man. Share with your friends. Share with you. Cause I know you've got friends out there. I know you have friends who you've talked about this shit before. You've talked about starting your own business. You've talked about switching industries. You've talked about all these things. Share this with them. It's going to open a conversation for you guys to, to better each other and to help each other out. We'll talk to y'all soon.